Hello, Erica. Hello, Stephen. We're back on Lazy Doctor Who. <laughs> Another episode in the same night. Yeah. The podcast where um, you and I talk about uh, every episode of Doctor Who as we um, get to it lazily. Just trying to re- restate the ethos of the podcast. It gets to like 114 episodes. I feel it's important sometimes. That's fair. Sure. Okay. I'm, I'm fine with that. As right. long as I get to just sit here on the couch and watch you do it, I'm good. Because <laughs> that's lazy, which is part of the name of the podcast. Um, so we've watched we've watched an actual episode of Moving Pictures, episode two mm-hmm. of them there, Evil of the Daleks. Yes, this time I ate popcorn, which was much better for moving pictures than eating chicken in broth, <laughs> just in case you want an update on what we've been snacking on. If we watch another episode tonight, which we won't because no. it's late for you, um, we would have to eat something else. Mm-hmm. I, f- I feel like we would eat a lot of food over the course of a podcast. Mm-hmm. If literally every single episode we watched, we'd eat mm-hmm. something while watching it. Yeah, it would become pudgier, Doctor Who. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And plus, it's, it's easier to... Um, to watch recons now that the person who recorded them back in the 1960s is actually plugging his tape machine straight into the TV. We're getting direct sound as opposed to a microphone um, draped outside of the the mono TV speaker. So that's why, I don't know if you noticed that, but the, the audio on the uh, first episode of this, for instance, is very, very good for being an, a homemade recording. I I don't think I noticed it in the previous episode, but in this episode I actually did notice. I mean, I was I forgot to pay attention to the music as much as I said I was going to, but I did notice a couple of things. Like uh, there was there was a flute um, at one point, and I just remember thinking, "Wow, that sounds really crisp and clear." So I guess that's probably why. Well, this is also a moving episode too. Mm. This one is so, but yeah. but it is a remarkably good sounding episode. I don't know. The audio seems. Better? Maybe it's just a better quality recording. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, well, uh, so yeah, so here we they the Doctor Who and Jamie wake up in uh, in 1866. Mm-hmm. That's well, I was going to say unexpected, but it's not actually unexpected, mm-hmm. uh, given the the clues that we as the viewers had about uh, Mr. Waterfield and his antiques and stuff. It was fun watching Jamie puzzle things out. And like he's I, I I like that just because he's from the past, he's not stupid. Mm-hmm. Like he is he's a, a clever guy. He may not know all of the turns of phrase. He may not understand what a train is. I was going to say train. Yeah, because that's the one thing he needed explaining. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep, which is, you know, totally understandable. Why would he know what a train is? And honestly, I know what trains are. And sometimes the overwhelming loud noise of a train coming near me still freaks me out. So I can't like I have absolutely no problem with him him being worried about that especially for a guy who's been traveling through time and space and has seen lots of things that are um you know it, he has faced many dangers so being on alert is a is a smart thing i feel mm-hmm. like this is a this is a really good jamie episode yeah i like i like the combo of uh of Troughton and, and jamie um like sometimes you realize like maybe we don't even need a third person traipsing around they make just a fine fun duo Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the, uh, you know, Holmes and and uh, Watson, Watson, yes, uh, in the previous episode, and I, I do feel like they have kind of that same, like they're they're just they're a great dynamic duo, and yeah, they don't, 
I mean, maybe they don't need anybody else. <laughs> I know. I, I Now I realize they are about to get someone else, mm-hmm. which I, I suspected that before because I know Victoria's last name is Waterfield. And I I know how she ends up on the TARDIS because she ends up being an orphan. So spoilers, her her, her pappy ain't going to make it. Yeah. As, as was the style at the time, you can only re- be on the TARDIS if you have literally nothing left for you on your mm-hmm. planet of origin. Um, like Dodo and Vicky before him. So, mm-hmm. yeah, she's in one scene in this, uh, her, her first scene in Doctor Who is getting um, taunted by a Dalek. Yeah, and Wade mm-hmm. in, and, uh, and wearing a big foofy dress. Yes. Mm-hmm. Proper Victorian dress, if you will. Yep. I really, really liked the very first shot of Victoria, you know, it, it it dissolves from that creepy ass painting, which <laughs> I know does not look like her because Victoria is actually very pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, and that painting is really weird looking. Uh, but but you get this that, um, you know, it, it, it fades into her face and she just she just looks innocent and pure and beatific. And you hear birds chirping and she's feeding them. It's like it's like Cinderella. With, mm-hmm. You know, or Sleeping Beauty or something like that. With Rapunzel. The, I don't think Rapunzel had a rapport with animals. Oh. I was just thinking she was trapped in a tower. Oh, okay. Yes. So definitely that. But like the the Disney version of uh, of Sleeping Beauty, she dances with birds. And in Cinderella, there are mice that sing a song and help, help get her dressed. Is there any other version? <laughs> well, there's, for Cinderella, there's the original um, Ashen Puddle, the Grimm's fairy tale where she actually her the, the stepsisters in order to fit into the glass slipper cut off their toes and their heels and are discovered they're discovered because of the blood oh yeah fairy tales yeah. of the youth of yesterday those are the fairy tales i grew up on oh. Does that explain something dark and here we're <laughs> complaining about cigarettes and doctor who wow yep uh anyway um yes i really i like that introduction to victoria and and she just she just looks very sweet and innocent, and I am so wondering what the heck is going on with the Daleks, like weighing her and wanting to make sure that she gains back those seven ounces that she lost. Like, what are they doing? I don't know, because um, I don't remember. No. I've only seen this one three times. It's funny, you know. I've been thinking about this this uh, uh, the past couple episodes, but back. In the first gap year of Doctor Who, I might have said this on this podcast before, so forgive me if I'm repeating myself, but I, I did a blog uh, to fill the space um, called the Chronic Hysteresis where I watched every episode, kind of like a, a video, a, a blog version of, mm-hmm. of Lazy Doctor Who long before I met you, of course. Oh no, I'm making you retrace your own history. No, I just, I sometimes I thought I, it would be intriguing to see what I wrote because I, like, I was at a fairly healthy clip through that whole gap year and then i eventually petered out and tapered off and didn't even i've got like seven episodes left to go i don't know why i don't finish the thing probably because i'm all written out but like so i i last wrote down my opinions for this thing like it's like eight years ago now Mm -hmm. more or less and i'm intrigued to see how much it would have changed and if i would say the exact same things (laughs) now that i thought were so pertinent and important eight years ago but i remember thinking this one was very good um what i remember about it most is that i was on a trip to winnipeg in 1994 Hmm. um and we went to a bookstore or something yeah it was a bookstore and i looked in the i just sort of out of the corner of my eye on the audiobook section was this cassette 
version of a, of a Doctor Who thing, and it was the evil of the Daleks. I know, which was so cool. And so I, so this is the one and only because I've I've watched other other recons as recons. This is the only episode that existed in my head many times as an audio play. So to see the the Telesnap recon, there's this weird sort of separation for me. So it's uh, it was intriguing to watch last episode, but it's a, it's it's neat to sort of dive back into this the first missing episode that I had really seen. Wow, yeah. that's cool. Mm-hmm. This, like I said, I'm pretty sure this is the first time I ever saw it, so I'm liking it. I, I like beginnings. Yeah. That is a that is a thing that you know about me. Um, so I really, really, really liked the first episode. I didn't. I I wouldn't say that this felt as strong to me, but it was still it's still interesting. I'm still wondering. I really hate the the hairy dude. I don't remember his name. Max something. Oh, um, Matt. Maxible. Whatever it is. Max. Theodore Maxtable. Mr. Mandible. Um, Maxilla. It's like he took Maxilla and Mandible, yeah. like the two parts of the jaw, and put them together. Maxtable. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, what a dick. <laughs> I don't like him. <laughs> well, no, he's, he's, some, he's some rich uh, rich person who's interested in science, mm-hmm. but knows people who know how to make the science happen and can pay those people what he wants. He's he's very much the picture of the 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 privileged old white guy oh, yeah. who just cares about science for pure science's sake and doesn't care about its applications on people. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah, the light that he gets in his eyes when he talks about the Daleks and what's happening, he doesn't seem to regret anything that he has done. So I I suspect things will not end well for him. That's just my guess. Yeah. Whereas Waterfield is clearly in conflict with himself about what he's uh, getting involved in. Oh yeah, he doesn't want have he doesn't want to have anything to do with the murder. Mm-hmm. Whereas like the other guys, like, well, we didn't have anything to do with it, mm-hmm. so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Wow, wow. Um, but yeah, Waterfield is is like he just he really wants to save his daughter, which mm-hmm. you know is sweet and commendable. But uh, yeah, and then and then the, we also have the uh, two, three now, three other characters. So we've got Molly the uh, Molly the maid mm-hmm. or whatever, um, and Maxwell's daughter, and then random dirty dude from outside like he's all scuffed up and and comes in and and steals jamie away which obviously at first i thought maybe he was just some rando who saw an open door and was like i'm gonna rob the hell out of this place because that's what i do uh but no he specifically took jamie even though what's her face molly came in Mm -hmm. so something's afoot I I'm, I was curious why Jamie, before he is attacked, he sort of wanders around, looks around, and then all of a sudden he decides to turn the chair around for some reason. Yeah. I and I I'm, I don't know why he did that. You know, if we actually went back and watched the Telesnap recon of this, mm-hmm. is is there a Telesnap recon of the second episode? When was the recon made in comparison to when this story was found or this episode was Pro- found? Probably not. I think this was. Uh, recovered in the or in the 80s or it might have what well, going even you know even if it's not there is a bbc audio version of the evil of the daleks so i am ah. guessing that the <laughs> that i just told you about yeah, yeah. well the, right so i'm guessing that the narration by fraser hines mm-hmm. explains why what jamie is doing and why he is doing it so this is one of those one of those cases <laughs> that i suspected I, we would eventually run into where the narration like the 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 non picture version yeah. is actually better because you get a little bit of insight into what the characters are thinking, uh, which is always a thing that I enjoy 
but am thrown out of the story a little bit by because I know those are things that we wouldn't necessarily be getting or we would totally have to infer if we were watching the moving pictures. And here you go. Yeah, like I was going to ask you about that now, actually, because in episode one, mm-hmm. um, the narration introduces uh, Edmund Water- Edward Waterfield. Yep. actually gives him a name. It doesn't actually give his name until later on in the episode, but then you hear, and of course you knew that Victoria Waterfield was the name of mm-hmm. Victoria. So was it that moment there that you twigged, oh, this must be her father or something like that? Or did you know that he was going to be in this at all? I didn't know he was going to be in it, no, but it was when they said, when when Fraser Hines' mm-hmm. narration introduced him as, as Edmund Water Waterfield, I was just like, oh, okay. You spoiled it, mm-hmm. Fraser Hines. Oddly, in, you go on, yes. Yeah, but I mean, it, I would have heard his name again, I mean, later in the episode anyway. Right. I think the one, I could be wrong about this. I still have the, the audio cassette. I think the one I have has Tom Baker on it, believe it or not. I, what? Yeah. Hmm. I have to think, I have to think about that. I know that there are, there are different versions of some where I think, I know Colin Baker reads one for Macrotera from back in the day and then Fraser Hines does a later one, I think, for instance. So, hmm. yeah, I want to say Tom Baker wrote. I'm going to have to check that for the next episode of this year's podcast. Interesting. Yeah. That is interesting. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I don't, I mean, I guess, yeah, what the heck is Jamie doing? Is he is he setting up to, like, watch the door? Like, it, you know, the, my initial thought was just he's turning the chair to watch the external door so he can keep an eye out. But what does he know? He, he has no reason to, uh, to suspect anything. Well, no. Well, he knows he's in 1866 because yeah. he, you know, he pops up and starts digging around like mm-hmm. a like every good companion should. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, he knows that there have been, you know, people that he maybe not trusts, but people that seem normal going in and out of the door, which is then behind the chair. Right. So maybe he just, you know, he's he's on guard. He's on alert because because, you know, he because he does actually spend some time looking out the window being Mm. like you know what's going on out there so maybe he is just he's putting himself on guard because that's what jamie does could be Mm -hmm. i did notice a uh this is a a thing that changes of course tv production but you know when when jamie pulls out the little piece of paper and he says oh 1866 well that's how waterfield did it uh you know he has to do that because the the cameras don't exist and the, and the technology doesn't exist for them to do a quick cutaway. They did do a quick cutaway actually in the last episode or no, early in the episode when uh, the doctor finds the picture and then they do a very quick cutaway of basically another camera shooting that still image of the photo from close up as a cutaway, but they didn't have the cameras to do a cutaway of the paper mm. You know, later on, you would you would just have a cutaway shot of Jamie looking at the paper. He wouldn't have to vocalize what he's thinking. You could sort of see the paper, say, 1866. So that's just another little quirk about uh, 1960s TV production. Which also makes it better for audio plays, too. <laughs> and, and indeed, recons mm-hmm. as well. So thank you very much, scriptwriters from the 1960s. Knowing that your episodes would be uh, wiped forever, uh, we could still enjoy them because you're... <laughs> The characters are speaking their thoughts in the episode. Yep. Well, I mean, you know, honestly, the doctor has to speak his thoughts in a lot of episodes just because he's wandering around by himself. Yeah. Like, you know, every now and again. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the doctor, mm-hmm. this is this is Patrick Troughton being quite excellent in this story. Oh, what'd you notice about him? Well, just he's so intense. Like, you can tell that he has figured out that it's probably Daleks, you know, way before we actually see one. And just the... The realization on his face that his suspicions were confirmed, mm-hmm. and here they are again, and he's just 
crestfallen and terrified and it's just there's there's so much going on in his face it's really it's it's really quite impressive and then he's just he's so unhappy with maxtable and waterfield and just he just sort of goes into like frantic flaily trouton mode and just, you know yells at them and then runs after the dalek and then it's too late and then he yells at them some more and it's just yeah Good stuff. I know he play. You know his reaction tells you that it's this is big. This is mm-hmm. like a lot more dangerous than anyone realizes. And you know the fact that Troughton is treating it with that gravitas makes it, you know, the audience go, "Oh boy, this is dangerous now." You know. And then he, you know, pulls it back together because he's he's the doctor. Mm-hmm. And when he's, you know, has the the mini confrontation with with Waterfield in the hallway outside the door, saying, you know, don't don't tell Jamie things. And the doctor's like, why? by golly I am going to tell Jamie mm-hmm. uh, and then when they go in and Jamie's missing and they you know he's picking up dirt from the floor or something like that and or another a, a clue footprint or something like that yeah dirt, dirt mm-hmm. tracked in by the scruffy guy yep yep so another clue he's very very sort of more cold not cold but determined and mm-hmm. and yeah he's it's just very matter of fact when he says yes if if we don't find jamie then the daleks will you know take joy in killing everybody in in sight and you know they'll take the most joy in, in killing me like he's just there's no more flail there he's no. he's just saying it stating it as it is good actor that patrick Mm-hmm. yep sure is yeah mm-hmm. anything else about this episode you want to say um i like the dresses it's weird. I was gonna think. I was gonna say, "Oh yeah, you haven't done your cosplay thing," but that's mm-hmm. the prisoner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Outfits from 1866. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would not want to cosplay those because they look like they're painting the ass to wear, mm-hmm. but they're pretty to look at. So yeah. there's that. Mm-hmm. And I'd probably have to lose a lot more than seven ounces to fit <laughs> into one of those things. It's our last episode of the uh, in the village, by the way, coming out uh, on the Thursdays we record this mm-hmm. with um, Fallout. Yep, that's right. I noticed that as I was going in to post the previous episode yeah. of Lazy Doctor Who. I was like, oh my gosh, there's only one more of those. Yeah. So we recorded those months ago now at this point, by the way. Mm-hmm. But uh, we, ho- we hope you've enjoyed uh, that little spinoff series. And we hope that you've uh, continued uh, enjoying this little series here too. Talking about Doctor Who. Yeah, if you have no idea what we're talking about, you should go to uh, go to the incomparable.com slash TV, T-E-V-E-E. And yeah, as of two days from when we post this mm-hmm. yeah it'll be the last episode but um you can look at the feed for for all of them we've watched every episode of the prisoner yep. and talked about it on this very couch where we are right now it was fun as much as i can remember people will like tweet at us things from episodes <laughs> and i'll be like i have no idea mm-hmm. what this means mm-hmm. not a clue because we recorded it weeks ago so but if you tweet at us tonight as we release this episode we might remember although maybe not you mean about Doctor Who or about the prisoner? Doctor Who. Okay. Well, then probably, except I am going to bed because it is my bedtime. Yeah. Don't add us. Try to sleep. <laughs> I will put my phone on mute. Yeah. Okay. So you can add us. Maybe we'll read it later. But um, anyway, next episode, episode three, at least, mm-hmm. of The Evil of the Daleks. Yep. Uh, good night. Good night. Good night.